Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. Tuck your white tails, because we're going deep down the rabbit hole today. We're going inside the human mind. We're going to investigate dreams. What do they mean? How do they impact us? Alice, we're going far, far down the rabbit hole. Nick, I gotta say, I'm excited about this. I personally went down the rabbit hole far, far deeper than I thought I was going to go. It's in human nature to dream. Early civilizations thought dreams as a connecting barrier between our worlds and others. Granted, we've come a long way since then but dreams hit are within all of us every human dreams so nick before we get going on about dreams how you doing and what you drinking i'm doing great i just poured myself a glass of whiskey some high west whiskey american prairie bourbon and it is delicious and cold and it's uh, probably gonna stop me from dreaming tonight what about yourself uh vodka just uh chilled vodka can, can vodka alone be a dream? Oh, that's getting off topic. But anyhow, I'm excited about this, Nick. Dreams to me have always been fascinating. It's almost a pseudoscience that has become a reality. We've all dreamt. We've all wondered what our dreams have meant, how they impact us. Are they mirrors of ourselves, of our subconscious? Are, are they deeper meanings? Are we seeing into the future? Are alternate realities? Well... We're going to go down it a little bit, and just to give some terms as we move forward into this podcast, I want to introduce in the beginning so we can keep up with everyone. REM, or R-E-M, which stands for Rapid Eye Movement Sleep, is the peak of when you sleep. So your eyes, well, they're going crazy. If you ever watch someone sleep, like Nick likes to watch people sleep, he notices that their eyes are moving left, right, going crazy. This is usually the fourth or fifth stage i believe of a sleep cycle i believe the sleep cycle is five stages this is when you usually dream this is when your body is deep and subconscious and dreaming and some fun facts we don't all dream the same dreams are very independent depending on the person only about 12 percent of the population dreams in black and white which i didn't even know there was a part of the population that dreams in black and white there are is that is 12% of the population colorblind, or is that, that completely unrelated? I could not tell you. I did not come across that when researching it. I do know, though, if you have lost your eyesight or blind, you can still dream in images, which is hard for me to think about, of dreaming of a sense you don't have. Now, I'll talk about senses and when we get a little bit deeper into the dreaming, but we're not quite there yet in our sleep cycle. <laughs> it's a dumb joke, just make make myself laugh but it is extremely interesting so most dreams like i said happen when people are in their REM sleep but it's not always the case you can daydream you can take a nap and dream but those dreams are different and independent than REM sleep REM sleep dreams which i'll talk about later are more in depth and more detailed and a little bit more important to the psyche and health of the human body but before i get too far Nick, I figured you'd want to jump in somewhere. Nope. I was going to let you explain <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> I was just letting you go. Okay. Okay. 
Well, going back to some fun facts, like I mentioned senses, I was sick on that. Certain parts of the population have different senses in their dream. I don't know about you, Nick, but for me personally, I only see and hear. I maybe once in a blue moon move around when I dream, which is a real condition for severe, for a severe condition for certain people where they interact their dreams. If you need a visual of that happen, just picture a dog having a dream and running in his sleep. Or uh, think of Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and uh, Step Brothers stuffing couch <laughs> cushions in the in the oven in the purse in the freezer and they wake up and the parents come in john c Riley goes and the clown has no penis <laughs> oh such a good movie such a good movie but it's true some people are unfortunate to have that condition where they sleepwalk where they interact their their body doesn't release the right chemicals to put them in paralysis during sleep so for those who don't know when you're sleeping in the first stage you're kind of getting relaxed and i believe in the second stage is when your body starts releasing chemicals and uh, this is a very simplified version of it but it kind of disconnects your body from your brain so your brain can operate and interact dreams without your body doing it so you can fly in your dreams you can fight in your dreams without actually punching your significant other in the face right next to you but like i said some people dream in different senses i only dream in visual and audio which is most of the population but some people can smell some people can taste some people can feel in their dreams which is very quite interesting to me because that's got to add a whole new experience to lucid dreams to the dream experience now nick i don't know about you i figured i'd ask you do you happen to have dreams that you could taste or smell or is it are you like me where you can only see and hear things yeah i predominantly see and hear every now and then i can maybe touch i don't know if i've ever seen things i've heard things like i've heard things in my dream that have happened outside like an alarm or something but other than that never smelled anything which might be a good thing i I, if i had to guess i would say that's a plus that's really weird to me for those who don't know your sense of smell is one of your strongest senses there's a big correlation between smell and memory so if you smell a certain scent you can recall a memory and it comes back faster it's like a having dual sense imagery to remember something so if you write the word yellow in green font you have a better chance of remembering how to spell the word yellow because you have two affiliations with it both color and how it's spelled and it's the same thing with smell and other senses so it's very interesting to me that the human mind, as powerful as it is, doesn't tell people when they're dreaming about like a turkey dinner or some dessert they really want. Or if someone's like on a harsh diet and they really want a cupcake, I'm surprised more people aren't getting dreams where they can taste or smell or feel something. That would be very curious on why those senses are cut off. Now, you mentioned some points I want to kind of bring up before we get deeper into the conversation, which I'll bring up later. So for those who don't know, majority how we measure brain functionality and dreams is through waves. A big one, which we'll talk about later, or at least I will, is theta waves. Uh, that's a huge mem- huge component in measuring both memory and dreams, which I'll talk about later, but I just want to set that process of, of recording memories. So since we talked about senses... I wonder if it's possible to learn how to dream using other senses. 
a more extreme version of lucid dreams or wet dreams. For those who don't know, a lucid dream is a dream in which the dreamer knows that they are in a dream. And sometimes, since they know they're in a dream, they can take control of the dream and make conscious decisions. So they can turn the dream into a movie plot, which they want. And a wet dream, also properly called a nocturnal mission, is a dream in which a human achieves spontaneous orgasm while asleep. You can learn how to have a lucid dream. So why can't you learn how to have other senses in a dream? And Nick, since we're talking about lucid dreams and talking about perhaps teaching ourselves how to dream, I was wondering, do you have lucid dreams or would like to expand on lucid dreams? No, I, I don't think. Maybe once or twice I've had a lucid dream. I think everyone's had one, but not with any regularity. Like Mike said, lucid dreams are dreams that you can control and certain people think that there's ways you can train your body to recognize when you're dreaming and then you can then take control almost. A lot of times people say that when they do that, they find out that as soon as they realize they're dreaming, they just wake up. But a lot of people have figured out different ways to do it. And I think it's one of those things that's different for everyone. Not a lot of people, you know, have lucid dreams. Most people just dream and it's the stories or the narrative set by their brain or whatever's going on. I'm happy that you brought that up because I'm actually an outlier for this. I remember my dreams, God, every single night. Now, when I say remember my dreams, most people dream about four to ten times a night. I just happen to remember a dream in that night, every uh, every single night. It's more rare for me to not remember a dream when I wake up than to forget a dream, which is kind of weird, which I'll talk about later. But for me, Nick, I actually have quite often lucid dreams. Maybe it's because I'm addicted to sleep and sleep is probably my worst drug slash affiliation that I absolutely love. It's definitely something I wish I was better control of, but I love dreaming and sleep. I imagine most people do, but a big for big factor for me to learn how to lucid dream because I can lucid dream every other night was nightmares. Now I know this is gonna sound weird, but I love nightmares. Nightmares are perhaps my uh, favorite dreams. It's my subconscious versus me fighting each other, and usually I can tell it's a nightmare, so I can control it so it's more of a lucid dream. I'm very logical in my imaginary world inside my head when I'm dreaming. But once in a while, I'll lose to my subconscious and I'll wake up in a cold sweat from just fear and because my nightmares got to me. And I love it. I love it when I lose to my nightmares because it it's like a chess match with myself inside my brain subconscious. And like I said, usually I can show it like a lucid dream. But once in a while, it's like a monster gets out of the cage and it, it makes me happy. And as soon as I wake up in that cold sweat panting, realize it was just a dream i get back in it and try to fight that creature because now now i know it's just a lucid now i know it's just a nightmare i know i could come at different angles it's my my house my rules and in short freddy from five nights uh from uh, elm street would be kind of screwed with me because uh i would could definitely control that realm okay i didn't know this was uh i didn't know we were getting this dark so quick but good to know <laughs> I didn't mean it like that, but I truly enjoy nightmares. They bring me weird. They bring they bring me pleasure. I'm quite an outlier with this, but no, like that self chess match makes it makes me happy. Like I like nightmares. I, oh god, this is this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be an interesting podcast, Nick. I know the answer to it, but I'll ask anyhow. 
Nick, do you like nightmares? No, I don't really have nightmares, though. I think uh, a lot of nightmares... The only time I had nightmares, I guess you could call it that, is right before I asked my now wife to marry me. That whole week I had dreams she would say no, but that's about it. And I think, you know, dreams tend to mirror what's going on in our life. Mike, I don't know what's going on in your life, I guess. All right, so... Before we start talking about different dreams and dreams meanings, maybe maybe we should discuss on what we think, or at least what scientists think dreams are. Popular theory, which I came across, is the threat simulation theory. This theory suggests that dreaming is a biological defense mechanism in which brain is running simulations to potential threats. So a dog running in his dreams, humans getting over embarrassing situations and theoretical arguments is simply your brain running simulations on how to handle that simulation, uh, handle that situation. So if you ever had a embarrassing moment of like you forgot to wear your pants and when you're doing a speech in school, it might be your brain trying to figure out if that did happen, how would you handle it? I think there's some merit to this theory, but I think dreams and the human brain is so complex. It's not a one-fits-all kind of situation. I believe it's a very vast spectrum of dreams, and so you need multiple theories to fit that. Yeah, I do want to say I think this is a theory that made probably some of the most sense to me, is that your brain's running different scenarios and how it respond. Just think of any awkward dreams you had in you know, growing up, different ways you would, like, maybe you did something stupid in class or something, and you just kept reliving it, and your dream was just running different scenarios. They also, like, uh, and it doesn't always have to be social interactions. A lot of it, they say, is like a flight or fight or flight response kind of training, like Mike said, a threat simulator. So this one, compared to some of the other ones I heard, made a lot more sense to me about why we dream. It makes sense to me on certain levels. I figured for, uh, these are arbitrary numbers, I figured for 80% of the population or somewhere around there, it makes sense. Because I will fully admit I am a weirdo and freak and I am proud to be one. So I assume there's outliers like me out there. But it, it to me, it just seems like a smart evolution standpoint of, hey, you're resting right now. Your body's recovering. Your mind still got to be active because it needs to keep, pump your heart. Needs to keep your brain. Uh, needs to get your oxygen moving. Your brain's got to be awake. So why not use that downtime to run possibilities of hey, if we run into this lion, what would we do? If we found this tree full of fruit, what would we do? If we got in this argument with our boss. What would we say? So we start processing hypothetical situations and dreams are a great way because again, it's kind of tying back to me and my nightmares of subconscious versus conscious, us trying to fight ourselves of we it's, if you ever played chess with yourself, you know what your opponent's doing, you know, because it's you. So you have to play so much smarter to set up traps and set up situations. So I imagine it's the same way with dreaming when you're doing quote-unquote simulations which i kind of hope is true but again i don't think is fully true i think this is only fitting for a part of the population nick uh, you mentioned a little bit about why you think this is important do you use this technique do you go through thoughts and ideas in your head of how you interact with a person or situation while you're dreaming or Maybe discuss a little bit how much you're dreaming or what you're dreaming about in those situations. You mentioned a little bit about your last nightmare being 
proposing to your now wife, again, congratulations. Could you explain a little bit more your personality in those dreams or those dreams themselves? So my, I don't dream a lot, definitely not as much as Mike. I'd say, well, I guess, I mean, I technically dream, but I only remember dreams maybe once a month. And if I have a dream that I wake up from and I write it down, I'll remember it. But if I don't write it down, I'll forget by the time, you know, I wake up again or later that day. The dreams that I tend to have tend to be more of that running different scenarios. Usually they're about work or, you know, talking to somebody, dealing with somebody in college or something. But for the most part, a lot of random dreams I remember tend to be when I was starting my job and I was stressed about different things, figuring out where to go and all that stuff. And I'd run through scenarios in my head at night when I was dreaming is what I was thinking about before I went to bed. And I'd remember dreaming about different things and uh, related to work almost to a point where I'd have to wake up sometimes and figure out, did I really have that scenario or was that just a dream? But once I got more comfortable at my job and kind of figured out what I was, I was doing, those dreams went away. So and I think that's what that was just uh, running through different scenarios and communicating with my new coworkers and just picking up the job as I learned. I mean, it sounds like your brain was doing its job of trying to protect yourself of, hey, the less we look like a fool, the less, the more we fit into our tribe, the more, the, the better our life will be. So our dreams are trying to help us. It is interesting that you bring up how much you remember your dreams. If I remember correctly, for high recall dreamers like myself, we remember dreams on an average 5.2 times a week. For low recall dreamers such as Nick, they remember on average two times per month. That's a huge difference. Now, I don't want to get too far into high recall and low recall. As uh, Nick brought up, I want to touch on that a little bit later. But you did bring up an interesting point I want to talk about, which is Sigmund Freud. Now, whether you hate him or love him, he he's definitely made an impact in the psychology world. We'll, we'll put it at that. And some of his quote-unquote crockpot theories of dream meaning tend to be not so crazy as we thought as science progress in dream theory, which for those wondering, the scientists who study dreams are called oneurologists, which is, it. I'm not gonna lie, it took me quite a little bit to uh, properly pronounce that word, but there is some merit to what you dream about and what it signifies in your life. As Nick pointed out, he dreamt about work a lot. Well, that's a new job. It's high stress to be in a new job. It's important to his life. So that dream could signify that I don't want to sound like a psychologist here. And Nick, this is probably all wrong, but I'm just throwing out some random theories. So take all this with asterisks of, hey, he's stressed on this. He's got self-doubt. He's got anxiety, yada, yada, yada. So that's what that dream meant. Now, it's not as clear-cut as Sigmund Freud said, but there is some truth on what your dreams signify. So if you are having recurring dreams about your tooth, your, sorry, not tooth, your teeth and or tooth falling out, 
it could actually be a serious problem of dental hygiene and like you might need a root canal or something like that. There has been a number of studies showing that your dreams might be subconsciously telling you about a health problem that you have or that like Stephen Freud said, you're bringing your outside world inside to compartmentalize and try to figure it out such as anxiety, depression, or Sigma Foy being obsessed with his mother for some reason, which is interesting thought. I don't know if that applies to me, but Nick, I'd love to hear your opinion on it. What do you think about dreams? Like, do you think dreams have meaning? Do you think dreams are talking about a specific thing, like such as I have a dream about falling, so that means I'm scared of heights, or a dream about falling, which means I'm scared of losing my position. Do you think though, like dreams like that have that kind of meaning, or is that not in your wheelhouse? I, I just want to know your opinion on it. So I'd like to say no, because I don't know if you came across the Barnum effect when you were doing your research. I do not know what that is. Okay, so on the topic of dreams you know a lot of a common dream people have is falling and you know you're falling and then you can't get up and then i think the meaning of that dream is that you're anxious well you can extrapolate that to a lot of people so in this barnum effect what they did was they asked all these people to take this test and then they told them things about themselves and they said things like you're harder on yourself than other people are and you feel anxious and you're stressed about work more so than other people. And 94% of people said, oh my gosh, yes, this test I took described me exactly, even though those answers applied to every, like, it was just the same answer for like 100 people. It said those things about all of them. It said that every single person took the test, they filled out different answers, and then answers of the test were just, you feel anxious, like you're harder on yourself than everyone else is, um... You know, you're, you, sh you think you work harder than everyone else, stuff like that. So I think part of that, part of, you know, people getting ra so wrapped up in the meaning of their dreams is stuff like that. You know, if you have a dream that you're falling and you look online and say, what is, what does a falling dream mean? And it means that you're anxious or you're waiting for something like that. And then you can say, oh my gosh, that describes me exactly. Well, it turns out everyone's anxious. So it's, you know, you you kind of fall into it. I, I think it's it's partly that. It's kind of like how psychics, you know, they'll look at someone and be like, if you're 16 years old, they'll be like, oh, you must be a student. And it's like, whoa, that's insane. It's like, really? <laughs> so I think it's partially that. But I do think your dreams manifest like what's on your mind. Like my mom has some weird dreams, specifically when we're doing stuff that's semi-dangerous. And so it seems to me that, you know, stuff is brought to your your mind. But the way it manifests in, like, my mom's dreams doesn't make any sense. So me and my dad were snowmobiling, and she called us because she had this dream where uh, my arm, or, or I walked into the room, and my dad walked in first, and I walked in second with no arm, or my arm was hanging there by, like, some sinew or something. And my dad said, well, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And I guess what had happened is on the snowmobile... Because I wasn't wearing a seatbelt, a cow had bit my arm off. Well, you do have problems with snowmobiles in your arms. So, it's not too far-fetched. Those are ATVs <laughs> in arms. ATVs, not Plus, snowmobiles. 
but it was it that's a weird way to manifest your fear whereas i i feel like most of my dreams are rooted in some kind of truth i don't know what's going through my mom's head but i know that she's worried about us and that manifested in her dreams so i think it's not you know i, I think looking into your dreams to figure out what's going on isn't completely ridiculous but i think it's kind of some of that barnum effect of all of us tend to fall into we are anxious we are stressed about work or family or whatever it is again i'm gonna have to differ from you and more side with your mom of i have more of those weird dreams that kind of don't make sense like um for example a couple nights ago i i pardon for the detail but i had I was in a cabin, which was very laid out because it was like a southern porch kind of house in the bayou, but it was also like a trailer park. But I had a demon in the shape of Lucy from Disenchanted crawl inside people as it was lit, low lit by fire. Now, this, it, it, it's just complete randomness. So to me, it doesn't mean much, but if it means something like symbolism wise like this is this is just me shooting the shit everyone so take this with a grain of salt of maybe that cow represented something because our our ancestors like i mentioned in the beginning thought dreams were the connector between realms and for centuries if not thousands of years people were going on psychedelic trips like we mentioned in our rite of passage of trying to find themselves and Dreams are a big component of that, of trying to understand the symbolism, to understand what's happening. Do I believe in the symbolism? Not really. Do I believe there's something to it? A little bit. Maybe Maybe it's not as much as some quote-unquote hippies might believe. I couldn't think of a better word in the, in the short time span, but if they... If there is some meaning to your dreams, which to me it makes sense there would be. Like I want to point out, I believe Nick's correct of it's a whole like a medium thing of, oh, you're 16, you must be a student. Well, no shit, Sherlock. It's it's a lot of stuff like that, but sometimes maybe dreams have deeper meanings. And some people have completely gone all in on it. There's one that recalls my memory of when researching this of a man who bought shares, I believe it was at like $12 per share, took out a loan of $40,000 to buy as many shares as he can. Within a couple of weeks after doing this, the shares jumped up to $42 and he became a millionaire overnight. And he said it's all because of a dream he had. Now, is this his dream just processing information he saw earlier? Or is this dream connecting him to the medium? Is this dream trying to tell him the symbolism of or his importance or something? I don't know. I tend to agree with luck a little bit or at the very least processing all the information you've seen and you just kind of connect it all inside your head because, again, the brain is a supercomputer. It is amazing what the brain can do and we have just an inch of the miles that what the brain can do we we understand so little now before we get too far away from lucid dreaming i want to bring it back to lucid dreaming a little bit because i think this is very important since we're talking about our own independent dreams and me and nick well we both like to play video games once in a while so there's a high connection between video games and lucid dreaming researchers think that 
bringing a virtual being in a virtual environment helps connect the realization of dreaming. I came across this interesting scientific article written uh, by Mark Cedar at the University of Central Arkansas, Ming Tao at Hendricks College, and Jennifer Pesca also at Hendricks College. And I think there's some merit to the truth. I think our outlets, just much like our things that impact us in our everyday lives, such as work or anxiety or relationships affect our dreams. I also think our outlets affect our dreams. So if you're a runner, you might have more mountain climbing dreams or mile time dreams. Or if you're a video game player, you might have more fantasy dreams. Or if you're a reader of science fiction, you might have more dreams about space. So perhaps our outlets play a bigger part, not just the outside component affecting us. And bringing back to video games a little bit, I do have some curiosity about it. So since being in a virtual environment makes you easier to tell that you're not in the real world when you're dreaming, which allows more lucid dreaming, I wonder how VR affects that. So from the study that I, I read, it didn't read it didn't say anything about VR. It was all about like 2D video games. So like on a TV or a computer screen. It was not virtual reality. And Nick, before we jump down that rabbit hole, I would like to hear your opinion on how video games or at least outlets and just just in general outlets affect your dreams. Do you think they have a huge played a part in your dreaming? Do you think that outlets aren't really involved in your dreaming? Do you think outlets are just outlets? I, I, I'm curious to think we'll hear what you say about that. I kind of think outlets are just outlets, but now if you do them a lot, I think you, you tend to dream about what's on your mind the most, I think. So if I'm worried about work, work, I, you know, I tend to dream about work, you know, in school, if I dream about, you know, something going on in school, I dream about school. So I think if you spend enough time doing something, you know, if I was really lucky when I was fishing all the time last summer, I'd dream about fishing. But for the most part, you know, I'm dreaming about whatever's preoccupying my mind the most. So, you know, if you play a lot of video games and that's what's on your mind, then I think you might have more stuff like that. I'd I'd play a decent amount of video games. I'd say if you average it out, I'd probably play about three, four hours of video games a week. So I don't think it's really affected my my dreams that much compared to other things I, I would normally do. I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think you kind of brought it back to what we said earlier about threat simulation theory. If you're thinking about fishing and you're not succeeding in fishing, you're going through different simulations of what you can do and not do. Same with video games. If you can't win or you want to continue to win, maybe you're going through different gameplay in your head. You're going through those simulations. But to me, it makes sense for video games to help identify lucid dreaming. The outlets, I think think you're right, Nick, of if it's on your mind, you're going to dream about it. I think it just doesn't matter what it is. If it's an outlet or if it's a problem. But with video games, it's very interesting to me because video games, physics don't matter. Science doesn't matter. Rules don't matter. And that's a lot like a dream. Now, the video games have construct of code, which is made by the developers. But your dream is your own code writer, your own developer. So 
maybe understanding what someone else's mind was doing through a video game or understanding fake world versus the real world is easier to tell lucid dreaming. To me, that makes sense. And I think as VR becomes more and more prominent, I think it's gonna make it easier for people to have lucid dreams, but maybe harder for people to tell the difference between reality. Because we all know people that will, there always will be someone who abuses a technology or resource. So if you go to sleep for, say, this is all arbitrary numbers, go to sleep for 12 hours, wake up and go into a VR world, you might not know the difference between you working in a VR world versus dreaming, which is scary. to. Th but it's interesting to me because you do play video games, but you don't have as many lucid dreams as I do, or at least lucid dreams that you remember. Again, a large part of, popula large part of the population doesn't remember the dreams. So it is possible, Nick, you're having a lot of lucid dreams and just simply not remembering them. But I wonder, I would be very interested to see how dreams affect us on a personal personal level based off video games or virtual environments or fantasy or books in that fact of just being in a different mindset or different world. So that that's it's something I need to look into deeper, but it's very interesting to think about how being in someone else's world can help you figure out that you're in your own world, if that makes sense. If that's true, I really need to spend some more time playing uh, Squadrons, Star Wars Squadrons, because I would love to lucid dream and take on the whole Empire by myself, little Dak for you. Nick, you're the second fastest pilot in the Parsec, I can say that much. You think I could do the uh, Kessel Run under 12 Parsecs? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, let's not go as fast as Millennium Falcon. You're maybe, you're maybe not quite there yet. Mm. Anyway, but it is interesting how dreaming is like a strange mixture of psychology and neuroscience. It's to, to bring another point, uh, not another point, another theory about why we dream is sometimes just think that it's the hippocampus, which controls our memories inside our brain, is simply trying to make sense or create meaning of the information that it's gathered. So to tie it in with the video games, if you just played a video game for three hours let's just say you took the night off nick and you grabbed a six pack and you decided to play video games with your buddy if you do that for a long time it's fresh on your mind you might dream about it have a higher chance of dreaming about it simply because your mind's trying to process what you did for the last six hours it's trying to fill in the gaps it's trying to memorize like having the school dream of like what you're gonna have what's gonna happen at school it's because you're just happened to do that and your brain's trying to figure out okay this is what happened. Let's figure out what this means. What's going to happen to us? Let's 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 go through what just what makes sense to us. Which again also makes sense to me. Again, I think this is not a theory that fits everyone, but I think it might fit some people. Like it, it's interesting. I'll talk about in, very soon about the difference between dreams and memories, but it does kind of make a little sense to me about your dreams is simply trying to control your memories, so to speak. I don't know if you came across this when researching, Nick, and I'd be curious to hear your opinion on it. So this is something that I came across as well. And I tend to think that this is believable as well, more so than maybe some others. To me, this one makes a lot of sense that you're just seeing the random bits of your memory. Like, so my mom's cow thing, she was thinking about a snowmobiling, but up there, there's a big statue of a cow because it's the Midwest. And so maybe that's where the cow came from. It's just her memory ordering things. You know, those things are all related that happened. And uh, earlier, I had a few years before that, 
been uh, tipped over an ATV there. I think someone hurt their arm. So I don't know if that's all like the collection of memories that my mom had and manifested into that, but her brain was just ordering things around. This is, you know, like you said, it could be all of these things. And I think that's true. I think it can definitely be a combination of things. It's just like in the fire podcast we talked about, it's not always just one thing that there's a lot of different factors. And I think this could be part of it. I mean, like we, you said, our brains are so complicated. We don't really understand how they work. And there's got to be some moving memories around to, you know, your brain to process exactly what happened. So I ran across quite a few different things that said, yeah, when you sleep, those dreams is your brain is processing what happened that day and processing that information and storing it so you can reach it in your memory. A random problem that comes to mind is this is if an I if an idea is forgotten, where does it go? Or perhaps it's if a thought is forgotten, where does it go? And with our brains and dreams, I imagine we don't really forget things. We simply compartmentalize, we break things up, we move priorities. So this does make me want to give some merit to it of our memories and dreams. Because if you took, say, say you lived for 30 years, and I took five years of your life, uh, memories, just random five years. So you say four, 13, 14, 20, and 30. And I took five years worth of memories and jungled them all up and spat them out in a quote-unquote dream that would probably look really weird and funky and like has no meaning and it's just completely weird so like i'm dreaming of a purple dragon that i saw when i was five and my ex-wife because now i'm 30 so like all mixed in together it makes some sense to me of your brain is breaking it up to store it so when you dream, it's accidentally mixing in those combinations of memories, which would be very interesting if you can manipulate that. If you could choose which memory sector in your brain you could choose to dream about. Now, that, that's uh, something I'm going to talk about later a little bit, but a little fun fact since we're talking about dreams and how everyone's dreaming differently. I fun, I came across a fun fact that simply being multilingual, like bilingual, changes how you dream nick did you come across this i didn't um i have dreamt in spanish though okay story time that's i'm very curious to hear about that it was just like a another work dream i just it was during planting season so bringing it back to trees mike god damn it so uh i've been out so planting season you basically go out with the crew and they're all h2b visa guys are all from mexico so you're basically with these guys for three months planting trees and so for three months the predominant language i heard was spanish and i got okay at the language i took spanish in high school and so i could have moderate conversations we were able to talk about everything from fourth of july to um border patrol and uh why drones are racist because they only target mexicans on the mexican border a lot of weird things, but, uh, you know, these guys are all from Mexico and they're working here planting trees, but I heard so much Spanish and, uh, you know, spoke a little bit of it. My brain, you know, I think my brain can comprehend more than I can consciously thinking about it. And so I would have dreams in Spanish where like I was speaking Spanish and everyone else was speaking Spanish. It was a normal dream. I can't remember what I was dreaming about, but I just, I remember everyone speaking Spanish, including me. But, you know, that's not something I do very often. That was just, I think when I was, 
around so much Spanish for a short amount of time, or I guess three months or so a time, that my brain was able to to pick up enough of it to kind of form some kind of story, you know, and I don't remember that it wasn't like I was hearing Spanish and not understanding it, like I was hearing it and, and understand and communicate. It was just that the whatever I was dreaming about was in Spanish, not that wasn't the whole point of the dream, you know, something else is going on. It just so happened that it was in Spanish. That is so weird to me. Now, for those listening who might not under- understand, and probably, actually, you probably do understand, I have a hard time with English, let alone another language. I flub my words. I have a hard time pronouncing. I stumble, and I want to get ideas out so fast that my tongue gets tied. So hearing that someone could dream in another language, or at least comprehend the language that, at least good enough to have full conversations on like drones are racist, is dumbfounding to me like bringing it back to dreams like i like i said being multilingual changes your dreams some some analysis and science has shown that dreaming in a different language or having multiple languages in your brain can sometimes negatively affect your dreaming because you're at conflict with yourself of your native tongue versus a learnt tongue. And from what I understand from the research, now, again, we're no experts, we're fools with capital Fs, that you're, when you dream and you're multilingual, you only choose one language to dream in. And for some people, when they're multilingual, like say, we'll say Polish and Portuguese, just two random languages. If you're Polish and you dream in Portuguese, you might feel resentment or self guilt the next day because you weren't in your native tongue or your dreams dependent on what language you're dreaming on is completely so like if i chose polish i don't mean to pick on polish i am polish but if you dream in polish it might be a cold tundra vodka potatoes and if you dream in portuguese it might be tropic sweaty mosquitoes like your language has a big effect on how you dream which i found completely interesting and it it's amazing to me nick that i i I mean i took spanish in high school but again i barely speak english so it's it's fascinating to me that you can dream in another language or at least did dream in another language and it's dumbfounding to me yeah i mean you know when you pick it up like that and you can kind of form pretty terrible sentences and uh you know you're always confused you sometimes forget did i say wife or husband because of the the o and the a but let's be honest you said husband <laughs> no well i said husband yeah, a couple times yeah an accident but um yeah i know it's you know you you kind of pick it up and uh but you're thinking about it all the time because the actual process of like planting trees isn't that difficult so what's more mentally challenging is trying to learn spanish and uh so you kind of pick it up and you talk with the guys and, it, and it's you know it's entertaining but you spend a lot of brain power i mean combining what you learned in high school versus talking to these guys they want to learn english they want to live here and i want to learn spanish so i can communicate better so we're all you know we're, we're going back and forth you know sometimes holding something up and saying it in our language and they'll hold something up say it in their language and it's it's a very uh you know it uses a lot of mental power i don't know what you'd call that but so it's really on your mind so i think that's mostly what it came from is just that a lot of my brain power was spent thinking about how to speak spanish out of curiosity because you are mr tree guy how do you say tree in spanish pino <laughs> uh, for half a second i thought you said pedo and i was like nick that's not nice pino like p-i-n-o is kind of how i would spell it i think nick the pino yep quantos pinos <laughs>
<laughs> uh, all right, bringing it back a little bit. So, like I mentioned earlier, some people remember their dreams. Some people do not. People who remember their dreams, like me, have an interesting effect on when they wake up versus and their sensitivity to waking up versus non-dream recallers. So before I get to that, I want to bring an interesting article I came across, where which was by Italian researchers at the University of Rome. They studied 65 students and measured their brain electrical waves. The study showed that the students that were the most likely to remember their dreams happened when they were woken up after REM sleep, that the rapid eye movement sleep like we mentioned in the beginning as pretty much your deepest stage in the sleep cycle which is interesting because they recorded the waves and showed a lower frequency of theta waves in the frontal lobes which is where your memory is and that's interesting because when awake high theta waves in your frontal lobes is good for recalling memories so if you have a high theta wave peaks like you have like there's a lot of theta waves you're probably having a good memory or you're having or you're working hard to recall a memory versus when it's in REM sleep those are extremely low so they're on opposite sides of the spectrum so it's it's when you want to remember dreams you want low theta waves when you want to recall memories you want high theta waves which is extremely interesting to me and it's not just that university who was studying this in 2014 a study found more uh, spontaneous activity in the, sorry if I butcher this, temporoparticular junction uh, among people who had regularly recalled their dreams, both while asleep and awake. So if you're having this uh, spontaneous activity, which I'm not sure if this spontaneous activity was theta waves or a different type of wave function, because we, again, we me normally measure brain functionality in waves. If it's that theta wave being spontaneous, I'm wondering if it's the same with memory, because I don't know about you, Nick, but I jump from memory to memory. I you know, I go down rabbit holes inside my brain. It's like you, you say the word orange, I'll think of the orange in my fridge. And then I'll think about where that orange came from. Then I'll think of like a orange basketball I used to have. And then I'll start thinking about this memory and this memory, and this memory. I'll jump around real fast. And I was, before I go further down about being spontaneous activity or more people like me who have high recall dream memories, I want to get your opinion on it before I go too deep down the rabbit hole and dirty our fluffy white tails. So I don't think uh, my brain is as fast as yours. I think I spend to take a little bit more time on each memory, and then I'll slowly lead onto something else. Like if I was thinking about, like say apples, apples, I would think about like apples. How how many do we have for lunch today? It's like oh shit, how, what's left in the fridge? Then it'd say, oh man, there's an apple tree over in whatever unit. And then I was like, and then I'd go, oh yeah, we did something else so so i'm a spaz <laughs> yeah you know i'd kind of go bounce around a little bit more or a little bit less than you i think but you know i think our, our dream or patterns or dreams reflect that that your mind might be a little bit more active well it's interesting to me because for memory when i pull a thread the memory i was looking for is never the same memory i end up with like if i want to think back of where does this smell remind me of i'll end up on the opposite plane I wanted to go to. And the reason why I bring this up with dreams is because the spontaneous activity, uh, it relates to a different study. A team of researchers led by Pierre Ruby at Lyon Neuroscience Research Center, uh, I believe Lyon University is in France, if I'm not mistaken. They said, 
And I quote, high dream recallers have twice as many time of wakefulness during sleep as low dream recallers. And their brains are more reactive to auditory stimuli during sleep and wakefulness, end quote. Now, to tie this in with the other studies that we brought into was, again, the subjects who are woken right after REM sleep had a higher chance of, remember, their memory. Having sporadic activity in their temporoparticle junction has a higher chance of recalling their memory. So maybe that sudden burst, that sudden shock is really good at remembering what we were just thinking about, whether that be dreams or memories. That was my hypothesis, and there's probably not much true true to it or not, but it seems to me that people waking right up right up after REM sleep have a higher chance of remember their dreams, which before we move, before I ask you this question, Nick, uh, just want to say that at the Lion Neuroscience Research Center, they used a uh, positron emission tempography or PET to measure the brain activity. And they did this study by dividing this study group, which was 41 volunteers, and they studied it using PET, 21 quote themselves as being high dream recallers and 20 of them being low dream recallers. And on average, like I mentioned before, the dream recallers remembered 5.2 of the dreams per week, while lower dream callers averaged two per month. So some people think that dream recall dreams, people with high recall dreams don't make sense because while awake, the, well, the individual who's dreaming could process and fill in the gaps or some other process are so pretty much what i'm asking you nick is what do you think waking up at certain times affects dreams i guess because i remember most of my dreams but i'm also i guess a light sleeper like i wake up a couple times throughout the night so maybe i'm waking up after my rem cycle and as i do this monologue of continuing to talk i'd be curious to hear your opinion on it just so i can stop hearing my own voice Okay, I'm going to ask you one question, though, uh, and then I'll answer because, yeah, I think this will be interesting. How is, uh, like, your grandma's memory? My family memory is pretty bad. How, how well how well does she remember things? Are you talking about dreams or are you talking about memory? No, just, like, memory in general. Oh, memory in general? Uh, on a scale of 10, 10 being a person who could read a book and memorize it word for word, one being a goldfish. A six, six and a half, seven. Yeah, I think my family's closer to the goldfish. But uh, I, and I'll sleep through anything. You can ask my wife. You know, someone could be breaking into the house, and if she didn't wake me up, I wouldn't be able to shoot him. Um, so I rarely wake up once I'm asleep. So I think that when I do remember my dreams, it's usually when something wakes me up. You know, most likely after a REM cycle, and some odd thing wakes me up. Whether she's waking me up because there's some noise in the backyard, or she's living with my friends and they woke me up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. That's kind of when I tend to remember my dreams but I'm a I'm a very heavy sleeper I really don't wake up for much so I think maybe that's part of the not the problem but the issue the reason I don't really remember my dreams is I kind of sleep until I wake up whereas it sounds like you get up a couple times a night which is alien to me all right so bunch of top points one I too am a heavy sleeper I the only pre like there's only a few things that wake me up one is my door being open if I hear a door open, I, I don't know why or subconsciously why, I just instantly wake up, full on, reach for my gun, just instant fight mode. For some reason, doors to me are is Gabriel's horn and it's the end of the world. Waking up th- myself is 
usually the process. Uh, lately, my sleep cycle is a little weird. I'll wake up at 2.31 on the dot and then at 7, uh, 7.49, uh, like on those dots, like I, I could set up my watch piece to it. And maybe it's that reason I remember memories. But even when I'm not having that and I'm having a full night's sleep, I can sleep through just about anything and I'll wake up you know, stretch, stretch, uh, crack my neck, maybe start walking over, get a cup of coffee. And I go, man, that was a weird dream. Just, you know, recalling the dreams. But you're making me think uh, uh, what you said of maybe, maybe some people don't remember their dreams is because they're just dumping information. Like, like you went through the simulation, nothing came from it. You're just getting rid of it. You're, you're literally hitting the, emptying the recycling bin. You're, wasn't useful, get rid of it. It was, or, or it was just, just a fantasy, clean the slate it, which in my mind i'm thinking might be possible for some people but it it does sound like the rem cycle sleep from these researchers which again made sense to me of waking up in the middle or at the end of rem sleep which is when you mainly dream it makes sense that if i wake you up nick a person who doesn't remember their dreams very often that you'll remember your dreams during the cycles and for those listening the REM cycle I believe lasts about 90 minutes so when your dream or you remember a dream like I do I don't remember that full 90 minutes. It'd be very hard to remember. I've gone to movies and I don't remember what happened throughout the entire movie. And I was full awake, paying attention. So with dreams, it's it's the same. Maybe maybe I'll meant at most 10, 15 minutes at most. Of course, time is different then. So I it, that 10, 15 minutes might only been two or three minutes. So time works differently when you're asleep. It's definitely perspective. So I'm not exactly a light sleeper, but I still have lots of dreams. So I'm wa- I'm wondering when I do sleep throughout the entire night, am I sort of waking up? Like not awake enough to be conscious, but awake to fall out of REM sleep? It's just, it's just food for thought. I'm just thinking out loud sort of. But going back to some people think that people who recall dreams that don't make sense while they're awake, which is another theory I came across, is that the individual who dreamt is trying to process and fill those gaps. So if you had a dream about, Nick, say, going to the circus, enjoying the circus, and you just remembered, I don't know, jet airplanes, Richard Nixon, uh, Vladimir Putin, and a whale, you might remember that dream because it makes no sense to you. So you're trying while you're conscious to make sense of something your subconscious was doing, which is a theory I came across, which sort of makes some sense to me. But from the ones I came across, this is the most far-fetched. And I was wondering if you came across this, as I probably gave you a bunch of questions, thoughts, and opinions to talk about. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of funny you say that, talking about like throwing out useless information. I think that might be part of it. But I also like how you brought up the uh, processing a bunch of information. Some of it doesn't make sense, and that's why I remember it. Because some of the dreams I remember most vividly are dreams that don't make any sense. Like I had a dream where I was hanging out with all of my uh, wife's friends in some like house or something, and we're running around drinking. and, And it was like the morning after, like a party and I look outside and I see my friend Clayton climbing out of his brother's pickup truck with like a beer in his hand like I think it slept there that night before and uh he rolled the window down and then he just kind of fell out of it and I I was fixated on it I was like the whole time when I woke up it was a strange crazy dream and I was like man what is Clayton doing in Tyler's pickup it doesn't make any sense and I was so fixated on the things that didn't make sense like uh another thing 
from that dream was we were like gonna me and Blair were trying to take a nap or something and we're we're like get into bed and then uh her friend Cheyenne and her then boyfriend Mark were doing like an elliptical machine inside the room we were trying to like take a nap in and it was like this weird social situation I couldn't figure out like how to get out of so that might lend itself to the social situation thing but that and the the Clayton and the wrong pickup like I just have always remembered that that like just being like, what? It doesn't make any sense that Clayton was in that pickup. And I don't know if that was my mind processing some information or what was going on, but yeah, he crawled out of his, his brother's pickup truck with a, a keystone light in his hand and what I'm pretty sure was his brother's vest and just fell on the ground. But it, it's, it stuck in my head because it wasn't, it just, it didn't stick right to me. Like it didn't, there, it seemed like something was wrong. So I think that might be, you know, kind of what you're saying. Something, your brain's trying to figure out where to put this information it doesn't quite understand out of curiosity nick do you have or do you remember any more wild dreams you have because your your dreams seem not far-fetched like i've had dreams where i fought dragons or i've gone against vampiric demons inside mansions and i've had to crawl across inside chimneys am i just insane or do you have far-fetched dreams as well i probably do i just don't remember them i think my farthest fetch dream is i had a full head of hair nick you're beautiful don't ever change <laughs> no okay so maybe maybe you do but you just don't remember which to me doesn't make sense especially if you remember dreams that don't make sense well again the mind is very good at tricking itself so maybe you are tricking yourself to think that you're a star wars pilot trying to fight and to your in your brain just like yeah this is where i belong this makes sense so it doesn't you don't need to remember which is interesting another interesting fact is we recall less of our daydreams than rem dreams so if you were to break up your day in three things so you had a normal night's sleep say you got the full eight hours took a nap at noon and you got bored at work around four and you daydreamed your dream that you remember the best would be during your REM cycle like your daydream or your nap dream would not be as vivid or as memorable as REM dream which I thought was very interesting so kind of tying everything back is your theta waves of recalling memory again high being good for memory low being good for dreams I'm wondering what inside a brain switches during daydream versus nighttime dream without better words of thinking about it would would higher it's just it's just so weird to me how your brain switches theta waves for dreams versus memory it it, it seems like dreams and memory would be in the same category almost and I, i'm still dumbfounded by that so i feel like daydreams would be the best of both worlds you have both memory because you're kind of awake it's sort of like memory and you have REM sleep well not full REM sleep but like sleep so you have some dream waves so I'm wondering if now if day daydreams are in the middle of the road or at least not high peaks of theta waves I don't know it's it's so weird how our best dreams and our most vivid dreams happen during sleep not nap or awake and I'd like to hear your opinion on that, Nick, of the difference of dreaming or when you're dreaming on how you think that affects a person's day or memory or et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I don't think it should be that big of a surprise. I mean, so to get into REM dream or REM sleep, you have to go through a few other phases of sleep, you know, takes like a, like at least another 90 minutes, I'd say for the you know first, second 
third phase. By the time you get into REM sleep and then you're going to have 90 minutes of that, no one really has that amount of time to nap during the day. So I think during the day, you're just rarely getting into that REM sleep where most of the dreams happen. Well, again, it comes back to my mind of individual as a person. So there are people who can fully function after two hours of sleep for their entire lives. So they say, from like most doctors prescribe, seven to eight hours of full night's sleep. There are people who that full eight hours is only two hours. So I'm more, I'm again, I think this is such an individual basis of your ancestors, your genes, your diet, your lifestyle, your what's happening in your life, where you sleep, how you sleep. I think there's so many factors in this. To me, it, it's just so weird how your dreams are are changing like it like yeah you have to go through his cycles and steps to get to REM sleep but it feels like daydream or or a nap you could skip that like or combine the two you can combine memories and dreams I, I like if we go back to the theory of your brain's trying to process what you learned that day or what happened recently it seems like a nap dream would be easier to do if you're processing it or if you're trying to go through simulations just say you went through a quota with your boss of you didn't make such and such date. If you took a quick nap, it'd be interesting. I, I don't understand why it, you don't have more simulations if it's the threat simulation theory. Now, to add on to this before I bounce it back to you, Nick, it's important to know when rats, they did a test. So to simplify this test is imagine a bucket, imagine a bucket full of water in the center of the bucket it, the bucket full of water is, is maybe four inches deep. And you had a pot. And the pot was just enough where the rat could sit on it comfortably, but not big enough where the rat could full sleep. So the rat could do light sleep, but not get into that full REM sleep without falling off the pot into the water. And after doing this study, they show that the memory is worse on the rat. They had, I think it was like four times worse of trying to do memorization or or don't try to do simple tasks like your memory is shot if you don't get REM sleep so when you're trying to do memorization and REM sleep it seems like a nap in the middle of the day would be the best time because you're having memory and sleep so I, I it's just curious to me as I bounce it back to you Nick of combination of nap and memory you know I, I think it all comes back to that most of this stuff is is done in your REM sleep, your deeper stages of sleep that you need the time to get to, and that's when you know your your brain really lights up. That's when the most activity occurs. So I think you know when you nap by light up. What do you mean by light up? Do you mean like are you talking about neurons? Or are you talking about wave function? Uh, any chance you could specify? Uh, when you're oh my gosh, now I'm gonna be the mic and mispronounce it. You're uh, is it? What's the the one that deals with threat? Is it I'm mind blank? Is it the hy, hy, uh, hippocampus? No, the hypo, hypothalamus. Oh my gosh! It's it's the one in. Oh my god! This is, this I'm is so mic right this now. This is great, everyone, for me to hear <laughs> it's this. It's the one. It's it's so the one in the center oh, you. that looks like a like a miniature brain. It's in the very center, right above the spinal cord. Are you talking about above the brainstem? Oh, I kind of just want to make you struggle with this. <laughs> oh my god. Um, Anyhow, I won't. I'm not gonna make you suffer that long. So it's is it the amygdala? The amygdala. That's what it is. The part of the brain that responds to threat. When you when you're in deep REM sleep and dreaming, your amygdala is most active at that point. Um, but it it takes you know you, it's not immediately as you fall asleep. It's after. 
Oh man, I wish I knew how long it takes to get into REM sleep, but it's like, it's not immediately. I don't know about you, but when I nap, it's usually only for, well, when I nap, it's usually for like two hours. That's because I got off work before my wife got home because I started early. But for most people, naps probably like 20, 30, 40 minutes. Like that's not really enough time to get into a good sleep. And I think that's part of the issue, you know, and oh man, I'm going to make a computer analogy and I don't really know computers. So just let me know if I'm wrong. You know, if you shut down your computer for like a minute or so, it doesn't have time to do all its updates and stuff. And then you turn it back on, it's slow to respond. I think that's kind of what naps are is you're just, you're you're shutting your brain down of primary functions, but it's still, you know, all your, you know, it's still sensing what's going on in the environment, all these things, but it's not quite into that shutdown of, you know, processing everything. That's kind of how I view naps. I, I'm, to me, I'm not really surprised that there's not much going on dream-wise while you're taking a nap in the afternoon. So one, your com- yeah, computer analogy was completely wrong. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna save the audience from telling you you're wrong. That was horrible analogy but it made me laugh. Two. I don't know computers. <laughs> I can turn it into a tree Please analogy don't. if Please that would don't. help you better. <laughs> uh, two being... When a tree goes oh. into dormancy. God I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will fly to Oregon to hit you. But two being, I'm not the best person to uh, talk about the nap and dreaming. I think the last time I actually had a nap nap was maybe seven years ago i don't take naps i never take naps i just stay awake and i just keep going when moving to texas yes i have to bring up texas every single time i was gonna leave at two in the morning to drive that 15 hours down and i couldn't sleep and like i i can't i have a hard time just falling asleep in the middle of the day taking naps it's it's weird for me so literally i was couldn't sleep haven't slept Last time I got up at five o'clock that morning, couldn't sleep. Next thing I know, it's about midnight. I'm like, eh, whatever. I'll just start driving. And I drove 15 hours. So when I got to Texas and unloaded, I finally loaded my stuff. I've been up for far over 24 hours and I still didn't want to take a nap. I still waited until the next evening to go to sleep. So naps to me are weird. I can't do naps. So that's why I was asking you, Nick, because as a person who doesn't take naps, it just seems weird to me from a statistics point of math and brain functionality of why you don't dream while you're naps. That's why I really wanted to hear your opinion on naps. I'd be curious, have you ever had a dream while napping or at least one you could recall? Yeah, but I I don't know if you'd counted a nap. I was on a a fire that lasted all night, so I didn't get to sleep or I slept from like nine to 1130 and then from 1130 to 730, I was on a a structure fire. So I got home at like, you know, eight o'clock or so and uh, I slept till, you know, noon. But I don't know if that counts as like a nap. I just didn't get my sleep that day and I was kind of make up for it. But I really maybe I've had like a nap or a dream after a nap. But I'd say for someone who rarely dreams, if I nap while I'm dreaming, I very, very rarely do. Maybe I can't. I mean, I rarely nap. I mean, I wish I napped more, but oh, actually, that's not true. I do nap, or I did have a dream one time napping in the pickup at work. We were waiting for the fog to lift, so I wasn't shirking any work. I was just waiting for ideal spray conditions. But I had some dream about actually work. I, I dreamt that we had started working and I was still asleep. But I don't know if that's a good example. Bless your heart, Nick. Just bless your heart. No, it, I'd be very serious. I'd be very curious to see the someone had bless your heart someone spent some time in texas 
Anyhow, I'd be very curious to see the correlation between people who take naps versus don't take naps and their dreams. I, if I'm probably making an education, educational bet, wow, I'm that flub that bad. If I had to make an educational bet on what the correlation between dreams and napping was, I would say people who nap more, flip of a coin, either dream more or dream less. I imagine it's one way or the other. I don't think it would be, I don't think napping would not have an effect on dreams. I think it would have some type of effect of dreams and even even daydreams because Nick, I know I'm guilty of daydreaming. I imagine you are too, but not to sound like Joe Rogan, it makes me wonder about DMT. <laughs> and for those who don't know, DMT is a type of hallucinant drug. And from what I read about it, uh, being a square that I am, it's a drug to quote unquote dream during the day. And maybe maybe DMT is a connection between your subconscious and conscious. Maybe maybe it hits your frontal lobe of both memories and your dream. Cause I I don't know I'll be honest, I neuroscience never really interests me, so it's I don't know much about it. I'd be very curious to see what if what we're seeing with our eyes, because for those who don't know, our eyes are flipped upside down. So we see, so if you were to hold your finger in front of your your face, your thumb's pointing up, how you see it is your thumb pointing down and then because of your eyes, but then your brain switches the image so the thumb's facing up. So I'd be curious to see if your memory versus what's happening in the real world is delayed. So if a loud bang goes off and you see a loud and large flash, is that your memory? Is that is there a different part of actual of real visualization so when dmt gets involved like you start getting kind of weird with the hallucinogens are you tapping into both worlds i don't know it's 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 kind of a wild theory but i'd like to hear your opinion on it on what you think about that okay uh you said a lot of things (laughs) yeah i was all over the board there i'm sorry my friend i guess the the major topic was dmt and as a way to access your dreams, which is something a lot of people want. You know, people for the longest time have wanted to, you know, dream on command, lucid dream. Oh man, was it, uh, what year was it? Was it during, um, when Athens, was it Athens or Rome? I can't remember. As one of those, I don't want to say empires. I don't want to call it Athens empire, but during one of those time periods, um, there was this like special bed that if you were important enough, you could go in and sleep on and then you could dream. And then you, those dreams would be like prophecy, basically. And a bunch of people we know about in modern times went there. That seems more ancient Greek than does Rome fight with it. Yeah, it, it probably does. I don't know why Marcus Aurelius is stuck in my head for Rome, but I think everything else in my head points to Greece. But anyway, um, this is just bad, me bad at remembering because probably because I don't dream as much as everyone else does. I can't remember anything. It, it's a f- No, again, Nick, no. you are far more <laughs> common in the world than I am. I am a freak. Don't forget this. You you are more you are more normal. I'm unfortunately just a weirdo. Yeah, but like my family has terrible memory. Like it's it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, so, you know, I, I'm sure people have tried all sorts of things and to even get close, I'm sure pe- a lot of people have tried DMT to do that, you know. But I I'm just curious. Say dreaming is part, you know, flight or fight response but it's also part memory moving memories around consolidating memories but also maybe it's part 
you know, trying out different social situations as well, or, uh, you know, it's, or all the above, integration of trauma, all these different things. If maybe in the DMT, you're just getting like the experience part of it, but you're not getting the, the brain moving your memories to consolidate it so it can remember them better. You're not doing all of that. It's just, I'm always skeptical of when someone says a drug or something can do something that your body does and i think there's times when maybe that's true but i think a lot of times it doesn't do what you think it does or it 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 mimics it in a way but it's not performing the same effect like like uh you know maybe you can take a vitamin but your body doesn't digest vitamins as much so even if you get 800 milligrams of whatever vitamin it's not as much as absorbing that naturally through foods or whatever else well, since you brought up foods, you did make me think of something in, in, in your point of does the chemicals change your dreams? So if you had a really great day and your serotonin levels are really high, I'll be honest, when I'm super excited or super happy or super satisfied, I don't think I dream. Again, I it's very rare for me to not dream, so it's kind of hard to remember when I actually didn't dream. So I'd be very curious on if, like you said, Nick, if your food, diet, pills, or like if you change the chemicals in your brain, does that affect your dreams? Does your chemical level in your brain change that? Like, like, are they two separate systems where the chemicals don't affect dreams? Or do dreams, I don't know, it's just food for thought. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just very curious about what you said there with food. I was wondering about chemicals in the brain. I I'd love to you for you to finish your point or further on my crazy theory of chemicals. Bold of you to assume I had a point I was trying to get to. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think uh, I'm sure it does. I just don't know to what effect it does. You know, I'm sure just like anything else, if you eat healthier and blah blah blah, your brain and your body's going to perform better. It's probably the same with dreams. If we're supposed to dream and we eat healthier and we'll probably have more dreams and we're, but if we're, you know, dreaming is just, maybe we're, maybe we're not supposed to see our dreams and we're just because of the amount of chemicals we eat or something that our body doesn't naturally ingest allows us to stay awake and process our dreams. Maybe that's part of it. I don't, I really, you know, we're bringing it up now, but I really didn't research anything about diet's effect on dreams. I don't know if you ran into anything. It doesn't sound like you did. I didn't. It, yeah, I fell down a different rabbit hole going again dreams were far more complex when researching this and again I always implore everyone to do their own research and you could always check out our sources on our YouTube channel we put them in the description below but it makes sense to me that drugs would change the chemicals which change your dreams because DMT I imagine uh, again I'm, I'm not the strongest on understanding that subject would change your chemical brain balance so that would allow you to maybe access different parts of your brain, maybe trick your brain to doing certain things. Or when you do fall asleep and dream, you have these all these excess chemicals, so it allows a different type of dreaming. So it makes me think maybe in the future, this might be getting a little too far in the podcast, of there's a market for dream drugs of you want a you want a, a dream about you being on the beach with surrounded by beautiful women. Well if we wear this VR headset for 15 minutes and take this chemical drug we make for you, we can, we, you will have that kind of dream or at least help guarantee that type of dream or maybe a drug that helps you memorize, memor, 
your dreams instead of forget your dreams. I, I can see that being a possibility in the future. But before we get way down the rabbit hole and too far yet, I want to stay near the surface a little bit of and bring up some points. So they say, they, they being scientists, say dreams we can only see faces that we already know and or have seen. So a flash on the television, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is you kids are using these days. And you've seen a face and you just memorize the face. And when you dream about people, you don't dream about a fake face or a made-up face. You dream about a face you've already seen. And it might, like I said, be on those random platforms that you see and you just process your brain. For some reason, humans are extremely good at picking out people's faces or at least picking out a human face. But I have to Everyone's seen someone and been like, oh man, I know them, but from where? It's that same same thought that leads to it. Yes, absolutely. But for the scientists who say we only dream faces that we've seen before, I disagree. I think, like I said before, our brains are supercomputers. And I'd be willing to bet that the human brain is capable and has been doing for centuries designing faces. Take different attributes from different people and combining them to create a new face. I can't think of a more complex organ in the entire universe than a brain. And I, I, to me, it seems short-sighted to think a brain can't combine different features, features, almost like make your own character in video games and drag out the nose to be a little bigger, eyes a little wider, ears a little smaller. Like, I feel like our brains are more than capable of doing that. That's interesting you say that. As I was thinking is like, what if it's not, what if they are creating their own faces, but because they're using it from faces we recognize, that it there's just such a tinge of familiarity we can say oh yeah like i've seen that face before but you've just seen one of the recognizable features oh that's a great point it's like imagine if you create it's like we said we dream four or five times a night if you create say we'll, we'll go very conservative and say 10 faces a night out of even if though all those faces were dream made which is weird to say or made by your your brain and your dreams enough times eventually you create a face that actually exists in the world just by probability which so when you see that person you're like i know that person from somewhere even though you created their face in a dream just solely on you dreaming so many times and creating so many faces so many times which to me seems like a real possibility i i mean if you it is all right let's say we'll take it we'll say it super conservatively say when you dream four or five times a night you only dream of one other face and you can't dream of your own face we'll talk about that in a minute so four different faces per night 365 uh times per year if you're taking if you're only sleeping once per day so you're looking you're you're looking at seven uh, nearly 1400 faces per year at the very least and you can't come up with a face that already exists that mm, that seems very doubtful for me and nick you chimed in a little bit about that recognizable person that you might not know or that certain attribute that you created because eyes are into the soul so to speak and i would be very curious to hear your opinion on humans generating faces even though scientists some scientists some being the important word some scientists think that we don't do that i i just want to hear your opinion on it i think it's a it's an interesting idea 
But after seeing all the different things the brain can do, I find it difficult to believe that we can't create faces like you're saying. What I think we're running into is some part of it is familiar, so we can say we recognize it. Just like, you know, when you're in the store and like, oh man, I know them from where. Maybe you took a class with them or you all sat in some lecture for continuing education credits or whatever it is. And you've seen that face before, but you can't quite place it. Maybe it's that same way. They're asking these people if they've seen this face or not. And part of it looks familiar because, oh, like, I recognize those ears, even if the face is different. So, like, now, you know, talking about it out loud, it seems crazy to think that the brain can't invent faces. But at the same time, it's maybe it's one of those, like, it's a software issue of maybe it just, it can't invent a face. I don't know. Like, it's, I feel like it could go either way. The brain can do a lot of things. And I'm, I'm leaning more towards that it can, but... There's always a chance that maybe it's just something that it can't do. It wasn't designed to do. Like, why would a brain need to create faces? I'll still stand by my initial hypothesis of the brain creates faces because think about how many inventions happened in the middle of a dream or how many companies started or how many decisions were made in the middle of a dream. If you're able to make complex things like um, like a cell phone in your dream and be a, an innovator in a dream, I can't imagine... You can't do something as simple as a human face, something for centuries, if not eons, that our species have seen and interacted with, yet alone our brains are able to create something new, something that the world hasn't seen before, or components of different parts to create something new. It, it seems short-sighted and honestly a little disrespectful on what the human brain is truly capable of. So those are all good points. <laughs> did you... Did, <laughs> and yeah, that's pretty much all I'm saying. <laughs> I was waiting, waiting for something more. But I mentioned something earlier that I really want to address because it's so intriguing to me. Because for me personally, it still holds up true of we can't see ourselves in dreams. We can't see our own face in dreams. Now, before I go farther, Nick, have you seen yourself in a dream? Like your physical face? Uh, No. Sorry, I just took a big swig of whiskey there. Um, No, you're good. I have perfect timing. No, I've never seen myself in a dream. I never really even thought about if I've seen myself in a dream. I can't remember anything, but no, I would say no, which is be more surprising, I guess, if you've never seen yourself in a dream, which it sounds like you haven't either. I've seen the shadow of my body, but I've never seen my face. Like I've seen myself looking at myself but never enough in detail where i could see myself like clearly like i could just see myself as a being in the distance if that makes sense but to me this is super interesting because i came up with another hypothesis of is our brain trying to protect ourselves i would be so curious about the psychology of a person who has never seen their own face in a mirror or reflection in the real world maybe maybe our subconscious protects us because we're not supposed to see what we actually look like or like, like it like so for those who don't know there's a study i can't remember what the or with the te- it's not a study it's a test i can't remember what the test is called but they put a mirror in front of an animal and the animal animal can identify that it's itself it's such a scale of smartness etc etc but if humans aren't to like our dreams could be our pure selves of we're not supposed to see ourselves and maybe we kind of broke the rules by creating mirrors or or having a conscious and be able to tell that it's us in a water in like a pond like a water reflection so i'd be so curious to know what the science is of our 
brains not allowing to see ourselves are we vampires all vampires in our dreams so we can't see ourselves in a mirror or is it just that we don't want to emit something we don't want to see something inside of ourselves it's that's something so puzzling to me and <laughs> nick i'm i'm gras- grasping at straws here but do you have any theories uh not really i i don't think i could tell you i mean it's it's pretty complicated there's so many things to it, it i don't know where all these things came from you know, probably from, I mean, probably from dreams, but where did those come from? It's, you know, there must be something motivated it. Maybe some creature or something that existed at the time has been passed down through millennium, but where all these common nightmares that people have, I don't know. You just make me think of a scary thought, which is not going to keep me awake at night. Ha ha ha. Who is the first humanoid to dream? Someone has to be the first. Someone had to be some evolution process some creature had to be the first creature to dream. Oh, that hurts. That hurts. But I would love to hear people's thoughts and opinions on the why you can't see yourself in a dream theory. Now, there is some science to it, which I unfortunately haven't got the chance to look to. But I'd be curious to hear your own thoughts, opinions, and hypothesis on Instagram and Facebook. But it begs the question, should we record our dreams? Should we have the ability to record our dreams and show our people? and show other people all right we're gonna end the dreams with the mirrors because that's a that's that's a more philosophy question i believe than dream question so nick i have a question for you if you could record your dreams would you yeah i would i want to know what's going on i'm not like you i don't get to see my dreams all the time i'm curious now granted my dreams are through a filter i imagine what actually happened versus what i remember happened are two different things because again the human psyche is very weird now Nick, let me ask you another question. If you recorded your dreams, would you want to show other people? That depends. In this hypothetical scenario, am I still married? Ooh, this is this is a delicate line. I'm gonna be careful. <laughs> uh no. I don't know. I I probably would. I mean it depends on the dream. You know, if from what I remember of my dreams, I don't know anyone who'd want to see them, but yeah, I don't know. Before I talk about progress in the scientific world of being actually to record or show your dreams to me i want to bring up some moral points beforehand so the human mind is powerful like we mentioned with lucid dreamings your ear and wet dreams or i mean both both sexes of our species are able to come reach orgasm through dreams alone and when and we're able to see things in dreams with such high detail so imagine the art the museums, the books, the movies that could be made inside of a dream and you could share with someone. Someone, you have an engineering thought and you could show them an image of what you were actually thinking of. But also vice versa, you could go on a dark path of you could show them your nightmares. You could make a porno and ruin someone's life because they didn't actually make it. You just dreamt about it in detail that it's hard to tell the difference, like a deep fake video but far more powerful because it's your human mind versus a computer. Now, there's an interesting article called The Neural Decoding of Visual Imagery During Sleep. It's a mouthful. Scientists... Here's, before we get too far, I just want to say, what if in the future we don't watch movies, we just watch people's dreams and people become movie stars because of how crazy their mind is of what they're dreaming? I would like that, but at the same time... So, this is... A little bit off topic, but still kind of with dreams. If you, all right, so for most people, it'd be like, you know, the common expression of, oh man, I'd like to know what's going inside your head. Or if I was in a, like a day in your shoes, 
Unfortunately, this might sound egotistic, but I don't think most people would survive inside my head. And I'm worried about that with dreams as well. I, I'm barely surviving in a brain I molded, created, and grown. And if you were to jump right into it and see what happens inside of it, I don't know if a human psyche could Im- contain and survive another person's conscious or dreams or memories. So maybe a filter of it because again, dreams are multiple senses. Most people dream in visual and auditory, but if you start throwing in those other senses or inside your brain where rules don't apply like physics and science and chemistry it might be like a psychedelic trip without taking drugs of just your brain can't tell the difference it's like maybe taking dmt maybe maybe watching another person's dreams is like taking dmt and your brain just has a hard time processing it that that'd be my hypothesis i don't know i would hope that you know people could create stuff and have really interesting dreams but the human mind is pandora's box in my opinion and and i don't know if we want to see everyone's pandora's box that it's kind of all over the board there nick but that's my answer to your question yeah i mean i agree but you're relating off with some study you were bringing up oh yes the neural decoding of visual imagery during sleep scientists are trying to use machine learning to predict the contents of your visual dreams now they've had some success with this now these are very simple um to oversimplify it they were trying to figure out okay you're dreaming these wave functions are going off are you dreaming about cars are you dreaming about nature are you dreaming about sports? Are you dreaming about music? Just very broad, broad strokes. And they seem to have some success. Pretty good rate from what I remember. And it's not technology we aren't familiar with. So we've been working with some technology similar to this. So we're kind of getting a good grasp on this. Technology that we're more familiar with is helping improve brain devices to help people who have disability so if you're paralyzed from the neck down be able to use your brain waves and functions to help spell out words so you can fully communicate with a populace or a human being and using that kind of technology and growing upon it trying to figure out not where you're just pointing a cursor but trying to figure out what you're thinking seems to be the progress that humanity's going and another group that is trying to read dreams are researchers at the university of Helsinki. They have created a quote-unquote novel brain imagery device. Now, and they're using AI to read the brain signals and make the image in the brain, which is super promising to me. So machine learning and AI are very different. Just want to point that out. Machine learning is kind of like, if this doesn't work, try again. This doesn't work, try again. This doesn't work, try again. These are all oversimplifications, but it's kind of what it is. AI is, okay, this didn't work. Let's change these factors. Let's learn from this. What happens if we add a little spice of this? So they're two different systems. Machine learning is more of brute force. AI is more finesse, if that makes sense. So Nick, it by the end of our lifetime, we might be able to see each other's dreams, which is scary to think about. And I'd be curious, would you want to look into your significant other's dreams or hell, my dreams? No. Uh, you're both too smart for me. I I prefer my dreams that are about my life and my work and things that can actually mean something to me. Not that uh, not that my significant other's dreams 
don't mean anything to me, but for the most part, they are fucking wild and have no basis in reality from what I can tell. Wait, does your does your wife also have weird dreams? Like my mom, yes. She occasionally has weird ass dreams. Okay. Okay. I have a hypothesis. This is a random one. Your wife, also an engineer. Me, also an engineer. Engineers, for the most part, have to be kind of creative to solve a solution. And I'm wondering if there's a, like, because you know how people learn differently, like audio versus physical doing, like stuff like that. I'm wondering if it's the same for dreams. If people who have a more imagination or certain type of creativity have different types of dreams than a person who's more practical and reality. Because to me, Nick, if you ever find inner peace and I look inside your dream, I just imagine you wearing a Komodo and sitting next to a tree and simply just staring at a tree. Okay, but that's what I do for work. So that's not inner peace. That's just me at work. (laughs) (laughs) All right, touche, touche. You got me there. Okay, that's good. I thought you were going somewhere with like the whole your mom and your saving other have weird dreams you marry your mom kind of deal so no 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 i'm not sigma for it i'm thinking more of based on your profession because everyone goes into a profession their passion or they should go into a profession that they're passionate about and for me i like i really love creating my favorite part of me is when i'm covered in grease or sawdust and creating something inside my head and bringing it to life that is when i'm at bliss and i'm wondering if it's the same for other people like an artist who's trying to paint a canvas, I wonder if their dreams, or they remember their dreams more, or they have more wild dreams or crazy dreams or more fictional dreams. I'm wondering if based on your profession or your choosing hobbies, does that affect your dreams? It, because uh, like Nick, like you said, the weird dream of your friend's, your friend's brother getting out of his truck, that's a little bit more realistic dream, but still weird. But you're, Nick, I would say you're a very practical person. You're very smart and you know what the job needs to get done versus me who's a a spaz who goes "Ooh, what about this what about this what about this who never throws who never throws fantasy out of the picture because science fiction might come true and i'm I'm still hoping for uh to travel to enter different galaxies and elon musk if you want to send me to mars i volunteer but anyhow so i'd be i want to hear your opinion on if different professions have different dreams or different personalities have different dreams or if different creative outlets have dreams i feel like there's merit to that but i might be just crazy and i want to hear another opinion no i think that's a good point um different professions tend to be pretty similar like for example people who go into engineering don't tend to be the most socially conscious people looking at But a lot of foresters tend to be the same way. They tend to be pretty practical people. They have very common interests. They include fishing, hunting, camping, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) And uh, a lot of them like to read, but not not everyone does. And so it'd be interesting to do a profession by profession analysis of dreams, especially professions that, you know, a lot of people have similar qualities, you know, like forestry or engineering, you know, mechanics, computer programming, mechanics and doctors. So that that would be interesting. You just made me think there is a child. I don't know if he's a child still, but I remember this reading this article years ago. This this child actually dreams in code which as a person who's novice coder with a capital n and a person who's never dreamed in a foreign language that and a person who 
barely speak English. That just hurts my head to think about that you can dream in a non-human language, I guess. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. It just, it just something popped in my head and I had to say it out. Me being a spaz again. No, sounds about right for being an engineer. Now listen here. We we get listen, we can be weird, we can be antisocial, but we get the job done and there's no denying that. No one no one says engineers can't get the job done. People just continually say you are weird and antisocial, which is the point I was bringing up. <laughs> <laughs> they're they they're they're not wrong. They're they're not they're so that right. wrong, no. But anyway, yeah, I think that would be really interesting. But I think it's also crazy how, for the most part, it seems like certain personalities tend to find kind of where they belong job-wise, I feel like. I agree with that statement. Now, Nick, how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Well, I don't have to be in bed for another half hour, so let's keep this rolling. If you got somewhere you wanted to go. Perfect. So this might be one of the craziest, not craziest, this is this is up there for weirdest ideas I brought up to the podcast. I'm wondering if your DNA sequence is related to your dreams. Now, I'm not talking like Assassin's Creed, bringing back to video games. For those who don't know, Assassin's Creed is a video game where you go through your DNA sequence and remember your history as your ancestor in your DNA. But not too far off from it, to be honest with you. If your DNA, say a certain sequence, like, I don't know, some some spacer in in your DNA, some AG uh, combination with TC, was responsible for your dreams, I'm wondering how that would affect society, both on would we remove it, would we enhance it, could we change it, could... Do people who have different dreams have different code in their DNA? I don't know, and I have no supporting statements because I'll be honest, when researching this, it was quite hard to find a lot of scientific articles on dreams. Again, dreams seem to be a very pseudoscience, still kind of a new, but it's becoming a more pseudoscience into real world science and less people, more people are taking it seriously and less people are ridiculing it because there is truth to it. So I'm I'm wondering how DNA plays a part in dreaming and before i continue nick i'm wondering if you came across anything with dna and dreams so i did not come across anything but i mean that's completely likely right i mean your dna is the basis of everything you are as a person so why would it not affect dreaming because i'm wondering is your dna the blueprint to build the all right, let's put let's put this in simple computers. So, is are we going back down to like nature versus nurture route, or what? I mean, I, f- I feel like it's probably got to be something that's going on chemically in your brain over the long term. So, something you know, people change their diets, and I don't you know. I've eaten relatively the same my whole life. I would say I haven't really changed my diet incredibly, but as I moved different places, depending on what I cooked and stuff, I'd eat different foods in different times, and I'd never really noticed a change in my dreams. So besides that factor, I guess nothing else has really stayed constant in my life, but the amount of dreams I've had has pretty much stayed constant. So to me, just my, from my supporting evidence of my dreams, I would say it's more tied to my body than it is any other outside influence. But I don't know. What do you think? See, I'm curious because the analogy that first pops in my head, and I don't know if it's correct, is so say you have a computer and say you have a motherboard, right? It's just a bunch of copper, electronics, capacitors, just a bunch of components and it's not i'll take your word for it i don't know much about computers but that sounds right okay say say you had a car right 
you could okay. you could build the motor you could put the wheels and tires together that could be your dna your blueprint of how to build it but until you put a driver into it or the code into it it's not quite complete and that driver and code is added after it's built it's not during its building stage so i think that's a perfect analogy of nature versus nature uh nature versus nurture of your outside influences affecting your dreams because i imagine a person who's gone through traumatic a traumatic tragedy in their life would have different dreams than a person who's just won the lotto and just keeps on winning life like charlie sheen so again i think chemical balance might have a large effect into it but is dreams part of consciousness and if it is if dreams part of consciousness we don't know where consciousness comes from if dreams are part of dna then it's hereditary and there's not much of nurture that comes into our dreams it's more nature so that could explain why people always have like some dreams the same like falling or um, nervousness in front of a crowd it could be in our dna of that happening we just you know change the scenario based on our nurture so the same thing everyone goes through well not everyone but a large population goes through is in the nature just the aesthetics is nurture which is a possibility but it comes to the point of if it's in dna our dreams that means we can change it and could we change dreams for the worse for the better should we remove them should we increase them there's a lot of topic points of should we be able to control our dream now we can control dreams through lucid dreaming but doesn't mean we always control it sometimes like for me for my nightmares my dream the, the, the dreams get away from me and they take over are we supposed to have full harness of our dreams are we not letting our full subconscious do what's supposed to do if we try to harness our dreams and it's it's a very curious topic to me because it seems if if dreams were hereditary of dna sequence and if we remove that could we have in the future a whole population who couldn't dream which is a scary thought to me i kind of did a lot of brush strokes of all over the place and nick i i'd like to hear your opinion on it so i'm gonna bring some uh something i read can't remember where it was but it'll be in our sources somewhere if you dig through them another reason why people think why we dream is a uh, integration of trauma and they were saying that after a traumatic event you know car accident something like that some like heavy trauma not you know you fail the test or something like something that actually changed your life people tended to dream more than they did before and so these scientists were thinking that the reason we dream is that our brain is handling that stress or that trauma of our lives and so if that's true and we genetically change the code to dream less or more you know if we if if we dreamt so that our brains could process trauma and then we cha chemically changed it or changed our DNA so that we dreamt less, we were less able to handle that trauma, I think that'd be just a bad decision. I think it's tough to say because like you said, this is kind of a pseudoscience. We really don't know that much about dreams. So it's you don't want to go changing things you don't know. Don't go chasing waterfalls, as I say. <laughs> well, imagine if on your DNA sequence, your dreams and nightmares are 
two different codes. Would you want your child to never have nightmares? Are nightmares important to have to learn or to fear the dark or to... Because like for human nature, we fear the dark because our ancestors were hunted by things in the dark. And that's built into us. That is nature. And maybe that nightmares is to help us feed and remember that. But if we remove that, I mean, again... Big asterisk, this is all a guess. I had a hard time finding anything on dream science, let alone DNA dream science. So I, it's very curious to me. I, I To not know fully where dreams come from or controlling our dreams with, again, like Nick said, with diet or chemicals or experience like trauma or serotonin, like happy moments or stuff like that. Because I'd be, I, I'd be willing to bet the more happier, the more happy feelings and the more joyous you are, the more bliss you are, the more serotonin you have, I'd be willing to bet you dream less versus when you have more traumatic experiences, more negative experiences. I bet you'd dream more. I have no evidence to back this up. This is just a wild guess. But to me, it makes sense of, hey, you're happy. Everything is good. Turn off dreams. Hey, life is crazy and you're trying to figure out what's going on. Let's ramp up the dreams to help process this or figure this out or work through some things or you have a lot on your mind and not a lot of outlets to do it. So let's get them all out during dreams, which again, this is, it, it's a almost a new science all over again. Same with Wood kind of put a bad taste in our mouths of dream science, but luckily we're getting away from that in the 21st century and being much better on it and bravo to the scientists who are doing dream science because it is very, very interesting. And to know ourselves is to know the universe. Yeah, so I'd like to go back to if you could, if DNA was coded and you could take out good dreams and or take out bad dreams, leave good dreams. Like you mentioned earlier, how some people think that dreams are preparing us for certain things, but different uh, social interactions, fight or flight response, stuff like that. I, if it, if I was quote unquote genetically engineering like my child, I definitely wouldn't take out you know the bad dreams. You know maybe if it was like chronic bad dreams, like every night or something, maybe. But I think you need that nightmare kind of fuel in your brain to go through those fight or flight responses, to analyze those situations, figure out what's right and wrong that your brain goes through to make you a better member of society, more likely to survive. I think it's a survival mechanism that's built into humans. I'm cautious about taking out until we know more. But from what I know right now, I would say I would I wouldn't I wouldn't take that out of me. I wouldn't take that out of a child. I don't know. What do you think, Mike? I think it's something that could happen for sure. But right now I I think that's a I think you'd be doing a disservice to that person. Agreed. I love my imagination. I love my dreams. I love my nightmares. I think I think that they are the best of my mind can do. I think they are the best of my creative outlets of no rules, but see what you can do. And talk about falling deep down the rabbit hole, which has kind of been the whole theme of this this podcast, but I love it. I love going down rabbit holes and and inside my brain, it, it I I never want it to stop. Even if it's, even if it's nightmares, I lose every single night. I never want it to stop. Something's better than nothing. But it does make me another think of another point of controlling. Like you said, like like we said, con- removing or adding dreams, which could be a possibility. This is a rabbit hole, which I don't want to go down to because it's it's just more morals more than dreams. Which is, could you would you want to add someone's dream to your to your brain so that'd be more like memories i guess add your memory to someone else's memory but i'd be love i would love to know the influence 
sounds or your environment of dreaming has. Are you, if you're in a completely pitch black room with no sound by yourself, what kind of dreams do you have? If you're in a complete black, dark, uh, complete black room with a partner, what kind of dreams do you have? Because I know a lot of people, when they're in a large room with people sleeping, they fall asleep easier because they know there's a pack. And what about music? If you're having white noise, music, what happens to your dreams then? Are they more affiliated with whatever music you're listening to? If you're listening to, I don't know, if you're if you're listening to gunshots off in the distance because you you spent times overseas in a war zone, is it bringing back memories of being in the pack? Is it bringing back memories of being prepared? Is it is it or if you're listening to light heart music is it making you feel light and dainty does music and sounds does the light the the type of light in the room matter does who in the room matter does the type of bed you sleep on like a firm versus soft even if you prefer one or the other of like i feel like there's so many factors to affect your dreams and be very curious on what actually affects your dreams and nick i'm curious to think what do you think has the biggest impact on our dreams. I think, like you mentioned, there's almost too many factors to list of what affects our dreams. If I had to say the biggest, I think the biggest is what is going on in our life at that moment. What is your mind thinking about three quarters of the day? To me, that's what I'm going to dream about. Now, I don't know what's going on in your mind because <laughs> it seems like you're probably not thinking about those things you're dreaming about. But to me, whatever my mind is occupied with most of the day, that's what I'll end up dreaming about. So to me, it's what whatever that is. I think it's we're a little bit different wired somehow. Oh, I got some broken wires in me. But out, out of curiosity, what about your physical environment? Now, like like your type, like your bed, who's in the room, light, sound. What's your What's your opinion on that? You know, I, I've stayed you know pretty consistent since high school. I mean, I slept in a room with my brother, to a room by myself, to a room with thirty other guys, to a room by myself, to a room with my wife. So, and I really, I don't think my dreams really changed throughout all that for me personally um but the background noise definitely tends to play into my dreams you know when i was sleeping in the fraternity with 30 40 other guys i tended to have dreams that had more background noise you know everyone's sleeping like barrack style it's just a lot of snoring there tended to be snoring in my dreams well that's interesting while you're sleeping with 30 guys in college that you're dreaming more of their snoring uh, so i i have you ever listened to music throughout the night while you're sleeping or white noise uh i'll put on like a like a tv show or something to fall asleep to just like the noise i usually don't watch it i put something over my eyes i like to fall asleep in darkness okay that sound has nothing to do with light or dark darkness i'm wondering about white noise and sound so you said tv but have you ever done like a music like for some like again this is me being weirdo i sometimes like to listen to the same song on repeat throughout the entire day and night like same song on repeat for hours on end and sometimes in nighttime i do that and i'm wondering how that affects my dreams you know why your dreams are fucked up it's because you're a serial killer (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is yet to be proven so therefore i am innocent but I'd, I'd be curious for those listening what your opinions are on how physical environment affects dreams how do you think your sounds dream like what will you listen to to go to bed I, just in general how do you go to sleep and get the best dreams or consistently get dreams or stuff like that do you like sleeping in a room full with red leds because red LED, 
red light is really easy on human eyes? Do you like having multiple people in the room because it makes you feel safer? Do you like having, uh, I don't know, say a certain blanket that makes you feel safe or a weighted blanket to make you feel like you're being hugged so you fall asleep better so your dreams are more nurturing and happiness? I feel like there's a lot of factors and I'd be very curious to anyone who's listening to hear what your dream process for lack of better words, is. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Mike? What, uh, you know, have you, like you mentioned, listened to a single song on repeat? Do you think that that improves your dreams or improves the frequency of your dreams or remembrance of your dreams? Or is there no difference from that in just listening to nothing before you fall asleep? I don't know. So I have right now on my phone about 15,000-ish songs ranging from Australian hip-hop, French pop, old school country to classical violins to weird, weird Viking music. I like everything. I also have about the same number of songs ranging from old school country to rock to Texas country, and that's pretty much it. For me, I only like a song if I can picture a scene to a movie or can can create a scene to a movie or environment to it. So if I hear Thunderstruck, I love it because I'm picturing someone riding on top of their car with like a like a like a jousting staff to 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 go against someone else on their car i every song i have i can picture a scene to or an environment or puts me in a certain mood so like when i'm listening to like when i'm on a rowing machine the dream uh, on on the gym i listen to viking drums at a constant pace like i'm a viking evading an island so when i want to go to bed sometimes i'll listen to like lord of the rings music or viking drums and sometimes i'll play it throughout the entire night just because that's how my brain's thinking it's processing it's information or it's what i feel comfortable with or i put myself in that fantasy world so maybe that has effect on my dreams but i tend not to listen to music right before bed or throughout the entire night so it does throw a wrench into that theory i don't know i i think your environment has a huge impact on what you how you sleep and what you dream of but i'm just a mechanical engineer i'm good at building things not psychology and neuroscience so i i don't i don't know and i like not knowing it i i be i want to know eventually but it's it's a rabbit hole i'm hoping other people follow me down yeah well anything with humans is difficult i mean we can study like animal diet and it's pretty simple you know we want end result we want bigger more well-fed beef cattle we can do that but because we can regulate everything they eat with humans think about all the factors you got your diet exercise stress in their lives where they live comfort of that like i mean there's almost too many variables is why it's kind of a pseudoscience trying to study all this stuff because of the different amount of variables you have to take into account so it's just crazy you know it's it's going to be difficult and and then look at just like me and mike talking about our differences whereas my dreams have tended to stay the the same through a myriad of different environments mental responses and other people are not the same way at all just the variability in humanity is is wild as we bring up this podcast to an end i want to lay a point that i hope everyone thinks about that we mentioned in the beginning our ancestors thought the dreams was a 
connecting barrier to other realms. And my thought to all of you, then I hope you think about, is what if they were right? What if the multi-universe theory is correct and dreams is the ability to access different universes, different realms, different dimensions? I don't know if it's true, but I do believe in the multi-universe theory, so maybe our brains are subconsciously strong enough to go to places our conscious cannot. I think... If that's true, that's hilarious because in all these other universes, you have this crazy life where you're fighting demons. And in all these other universes, my life is just as boring. <laughs> well, in the multi-universe theory, we have an infinite amount of theories of each one. So there's an infinite amount of universes where you're also fighting demons with me and without me where I'm having a boring life. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll get into that sometime later. But So I, I, again... I want everyone to think, imagine imagine if our dream, our ancestors were right and they knew something we didn't. If our dreams could bring us to other dimensions that we've never gone before or are able to detect or see, what would that mean for humanity? So Nick, where can they find us? They can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Backyard Philosophy. Can, can they find us on Twitter? And uh, before we, they cannot find us on Twitter because Twitter is a dumpster fire and we refuse to use <laughs> Every Twitter. Time I love it. Um, but before we get off, Mike, I want to end the segment with something new. I want to know, you know, we know you're drinking vodka, but I want to know, what are you reading today? I am reading a very interesting book, actually mentioned by uh, Joe Rogan, which some of you might know. It's called breathe and it's a very interesting book on how breathing affects the human physiology both mental and, and psychology which is interesting enough it's by james nestor and fascinating book i'm about halfway through and it's it's an absolute read for me and i i cannot recommend it anymore breathe by james nestor what about you nick what are you reading i am about to finish up the eternal frontier by Tim Flannery, and it's an ecological history of North America. So it starts with the a uh, little bit before the um, asteroid that destroyed the dinosaurs, and then how that created a bottleneck effect. And from that moment, we get to where we are now through the loss and creation of thousands of different species, the different climate effects that push those species, some to survive extinction, some to become extinct, all the way through up until humans come and right about to where we are now, the different factors influencing why species thrive and why they die on North America, from the species that came over to North America from the, you know, predominantly uh, Eurasian continent through the land bridge, and including mammoths, which became a few couple different species here, and camels originated here, and just all sorts of wild things that if you don't go far back in, the, in time, you'll never understand or never realize. I mean, who would have thought camels originated in North America? I mean, that's just wild to think. But this is where the birthplace of camels. But Tim, Eternal Frontier by Tim Flannery is a great read. Highly recommend. That's good to know. I'll have to add it to my list. And I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode. Sorry if we were kind of everywhere. Dreams are a very complicated topic. And I hope as technology furthers that we'll be able to come back to this topic and address different issues and perhaps fall down deeper down the rabbit hole. And thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening to the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. 
We rarely finish a podcast without missing a point we wanted to bring up, so let us know what we forgot. And if you have a topic you want us to talk about, let us know at Backyard Philosophy on Instagram and Backyard Philosophy Podcast on Facebook.